0: Now, just so you know, over this past weekend and the first several days of this week, I couldn't be more proud of my neighbors to the north in Canada for standing up to standing up to tyranny, mandates, vaccine foolishness, and loss of personal freedom. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman, Just a moment, I have a guest I'm going to bring on to the program, Robert Metz, who is in Canada, to give us an update on what is going on. I really believe this program, Truth to Ponder, has got some real promise and a real future. I've been praying about this for a while to take the program to the next level. And with your help and your prayers, it's going to happen. The website keeps getting more and more visitors. We we keep increasing audience. A matter of fact, the audience in Canada, Australia, United Kingdom, uh, in Ireland, and other places around the world has been increasing rapidly over the past several months. And I just believe that the time is now. Yesterday's program talked about how you can no longer trust the legacy media. They have been bought and paid for by major corporations, big pharma, and they have decided to go with one political ideology. And so you need to keep that in mind when you when you try to find news. Even I even find Fox News in the United States oftentimes has compromised themselves because the grandkids have taken over the network. Well, today, it is my privilege to to welcome Robert, or Bob Metz, to the program. He's got a background in business. He also is a founding member of the Freedom Party of Ontario. That was back in 1984, and he has been the president of that organization. Now, he has a partner, along with several other guest hosts, that produce a weekly radio program and podcast called Just Right. And I've reached out to to Robert Metz today to to get a a little bit of an update on what's going on in Canada from people that are on the ground in Canada. We all saw the the major protest with the truck drivers in Ottawa this weekend, and many stayed on and are still staying on because they're demanding a change. They want change, and I'm praying the same will happen here in the United States, Australia, Australia and literally all over the world. So, my guest, Robert Metz, let me start with this question. What in the world is going on in Canada?
1: Well, some people might call it a miracle. <laughs> Other people might call it what it is. It, it's an, it's um, a world-setting event. I mean, it's something that makes all the Guinness World Book of Records kind, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing all these truckers converge on the capital city of canada which happens to be ottawa in ontario and they're coming from all sides of you know all corners of the of the country east west down here in southern ontario Uh where i am right and um they're basically saying they want to put a bear hug (laughs) around the
0: parliamentary
1: buildings oh yeah i've been
0: watching i watched uh, the videos over the weekend it was incredible to see
1: yeah. <laughs> I wonder if there's a double meaning there because I don't think you want a bear to hug you.
0: <laughs> no, no. Yeah. But, I mean, and a lot of people would say, and look, put yourself where I came from on just over the other side of the border in New York State. And mm-hmm. and I, 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 as in my youth, we're talking 50 years ago now, I used to travel frequently to Canada And my memories are all very good. I I really enjoyed the friends that I made over the years in Canada. and, And I always considered Canada, you know, the gentle neighbor to the north. And you never thought about protest like this in Canada. At least, maybe I'm wrong. But I am glad to see it. I mean, it really, I think it shocked the world. And I think it's probably... Uh, shocked your prime minister as well. I don't think he expected this kind of a a crowd from what he called a fringe minority.
1: Well, I wonder if that's so. I wonder if he was expecting it, because his reaction and the way he suddenly disappeared from view and his hiding uh, would suggest that he knew exactly what was coming. And Mm -hmm. the strategy that they're employing is by trying to make people think that this is an irrelevant, small, weird you know, crazy uh, minority out there of of people who don't know what they're talking about. They're anti-vax. Mm-hmm. Everything they say about it is a lie. It's just completely a lie. And and what the media is in, in other words, they've talk-
0: joined the world cl- the world club of liars that you see in Germany, Austria, United States, now Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and dozens of other na- nations around the world. And it just it, well, it,
1: we have we have a prime minister here in Canada who i never thought would ever be allowed near any governmental body let alone be the prime minister talking about what kind of people they're going to tolerate in the country and what kind mm-hmm. of ideas are acceptable this is unacceptable in and of itself and you know i've called trudeau completely you know what he is he's a complete fascist he he is mm-hmm. he's revealed a character that shows someone who's, um, you know, just not worthy of even being among other people. I, I I can't I can't find the words that would describe how bad a, a leader this guy is. This guy shouldn't be near any government, mm-hmm. especially near freedom. He's been an enemy of freedom since the beginning, and people just don't get it. He likes to be among the, the elite. Media.
0: He likes to be among the wealthy elite.
1: Well, he is among the elite, and of course the news has come out now that Klaus Schwab has admitted that Trudeau is one of his protégés and, and has, you know, the, the meme is circulating everywhere, and his quote talking about Trudeau is one of the people you know they've infiltrated all the governments with. And what's really scary still, I mean, this is great news what's happening in Ottawa. Don't, mm-hmm. don't underestimate that for a minute, but we're going to learn a big lesson from this. And my fear and expectation is that the government will not react, or if it does, it will react in a a more negative way. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, you can have all the protests you want, and something we've been talking about on my show, but in the end, there's only two things that change governments, elections and militaries. Mm -hmm, That's true. And unless you go through that process, one or the other, um, nothing's going to change. And there's no impetus to change. As my co-host Robert Vaughn was saying a couple of shows ago, he said, he said, look at when our ivory tower leaders are sitting up there looking down and looking at all these protests, they're proud of themselves. They think that's great stuff. And there's still, I believe, somewhat of a majority of Canadians and perhaps Americans as well. I'm not too sure who are still who who've swallowed the Kool-Aid. Let's put it that way.
0: Oh, yeah. There's no doubt.
1: And. And some of the the heinous hate literature that we see in our regular newspapers, mm-hmm. which is something Robert and I are going to be talking about shortly on an upcoming show, it's, it's just intolerable. And if you notice one thing, is that the people who are pro-vaccine are absolutely intolerant of the other side, whereas the people... Whereas the people who are for freedom of choice are completely tolerant. They're not after the other guy. They're not telling anybody to lock That's them right. away. They're trying to respect them. And it just shows you at the heart of what this is. This is a character thing. And, 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 and it boils down to left and right, you know, in political it terms. Does. That's what it we're does. dealing with here.
0: Absolutely. And
1: the left is sinister. The left is always misleading. The right is, is the right. The right is freedom. The left is tyranny. And unless we get that polarization clear in terms of ideas, what left and right are, we will be forever confused as to where we're going. But right now, I see a great opportunity uh, beginning here with this whole trucker event in Ottawa. We've never seen anything this size. You should be aware there have been large protests in Canada throughout the past two years, mainly in Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, um, and, and in other spots. but. Canada is nowhere near the size of something like America, right? And maybe that's one of the reasons we're attracting uh, the world attention right now. It's a well, little bit like well, what my, happens in Australia.
0: Well, it would help real quick. And you know, for some of the audience that does not know how Canada is structured with your various provinces. How is the tyranny authority of a Justin Trudeau how far down uh, stream does it get within a province? or do the provinces like the United States, the various states, have a significant amount of power and cif-
1: well, they have a significant in fact, that's where most of the power resides. In fact, there was a, an article by the mainstream media. Who I'm calling the mainstream media, <laughs> in the National Post by Tristan Hopper, who points out that the lion's share of Canadian COVID strictures remains a provincial responsibility. Mm-hmm. And he points out how Prime Minister Trudeau could end vaccination requirements at the border, like immediately, just by passing an order in council. Right. But the provinces can continue these draconian measures and that's what's actually happening in Quebec and in Ontario. And what's really disturbing is according to this article, at least is that the more draconian the provincial government is, the more popular it is among its citizens, at least according to their approval ratings. For example, um, Tristan Hopper wrote here on January 28th in the national post that Quebec's premier Legault has become one of the country's most popular politicians barring only Nova Scotia's Tim Houston. And these guys are really clamping down on anyone who doesn't want to have a vaccine. They're pushing for vaccinations. And he, and he says according to the Angus Reed Institute, uh, these guys are getting a 55% you know, approval rating. It's amazing. So it I is. think the message is that, that this is just starting. And that those of us who are on our side of this issue, who re, who can see what's really going on, who can see the bigger picture, who understand that there's a great reset going on, who understand that the vaccines aren't vaccines, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um we're in the minority. Oh, there's and, no doubt. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, yeah, and unless we we are Critically aware of that, no matter how many people you see there, but that's a that's an incredible thing. We we know there's more of us than they have been saying,
0: mm-hmm. right? Oh, absolutely.
1: So it's it, yeah. So but but the main thing is to realize that we're in a minority, and we've got to keep playing it. And that means, no matter how great a victory or an event or how inspiring this might be, don't let that slow you down for a minute. Don't think you've won anything. Mm-hmm. The battle's just beginning, and remember. Climate change is just around
0: the corner. Well, as yeah, COVID if this, when, work, yeah when, COVID, be- when COVID fails and the vaccine, listen, here's a question. And yeah. maybe maybe this will answer a question for both my nation, the United States, yours in Canada, and others that are listening. And we're picking up an audience in Australia, by the way, and even in the United Kingdom. When you Is it a factor that you have so many people... That are so detached from really caring about the news that they pick up their news from things like Facebook and Twitter and a headline here or there, maybe out of out of you know Canadian Broadcasting Corporation or some other like-minded uh, journalistic organization. That maybe they they really don't know the full truth about these vaccines. I I look at people here in the United States. Uh, they wear face masks, fully believing that's protecting them when the science says otherwise. They're still talking about vaccinating everybody because it's supposed to make you COVID proof. And if anything, the data coming out of Israel and other countries, it's exactly the opposite. Uh, is, it a, is it a matter that people are just not getting the truth?
1: Um, you've hit the nail on the head, and that is still the big issue. Those of us online and we, we on social media, on shows like like yours or or like mine, even on on shortwave, mm-hmm. um, a minority of people are 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 listening or even aware of it. I was just watching uh, uh, the amazing Polly earlier today, where she was commenting that a very small percentage of people are actually aware of this because most of them are just reading the mainstream paid for by government propaganda. Mm-hmm. If I pick up, I've, I've been collecting National Post and, and my London Free Press locally here in Ontario for the past year and a half. I don't even bother clipping the paper anymore. It is just one daily running ad for vaccinations.
0: Oh, it is. It Absolutely. Never stops. It never it, stops. It's
1: to the It's to the point of embarrassment. It doesn't matter what's going on out there. It doesn't matter what the disaster is. There is no acknowledgement that these vaccines are even causing any problems unless they are unless the acknowledgement is by putting down someone who's trying to bring that to someone's attention. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: Well, look, look, the problem in the United States and I've there's a wonderful montage that I've aired on my program about all the news programs on ABC, American Broadcasting Corporation, NBC National Broadcasting, CBS Columbia Broadcasting System, MSNBC, CNN, all of them, all the the programs that are news oriented, that are sponsored by Pfizer and Pfizer spends mega million dollars per month, not per year, per month supporting CNN MSNBC, uh, CBS News, ABC News, all of them, they're bought and paid for by Pfizer because they're not going to go after and bite the ham that feeds them. They're going to promote their company line at all expenses because don't you know that this program is bought to you by Pfizer? And And look at all the other pharmaceutical ads, literally on news programs all over, touting the value of this prescription over that prescription. Talk to your doctor today about this, that, or the other. You know, They have bought and paid for the media. Now, is it as bad in Canada as it is here?
1: Well, completely, except the government doing all the buying and paying for hmm. Government should never, ever be involved in health care at all. I know that just sounds like a radical thing to say.
0: Sounds like a great but idea.
1: Canada, Canada has had Socialized Medicine well, in Ontario, where I am, it came in with the Progressive Conservative Party in 1969, and ever since day one of that, there were health care shortages. Before that, there were none, and, th- and it was not necessary to bring in a universal single-payer health care system. Ninety percent of people already had private health insurance at the time. If the aim of it was to help the 10 percent who didn't, they sure missed it by a mile, because they gave everybody universal 100 percent free health care which was bound to bankrupt the system, which is where we are at now. Everything that's happening today is a narrative around saving some kind of healthcare system. And you, you guys in the States, you got the same problem. Yeah, I know what, whether it's Obamacare, you're regulated just as badly and your prices in healthcare are out, out of this world because of that regulation. And, Medicine has gone and undergone a, a, trans, or a transformation, and we're learning more and more that it's a lot of these pharmaceutical companies and big corporations. Going, you have to go back 100 years sometimes, 200 years, to see how, how the seeds for this have been laid. Oh, yeah. And, and the idea that we're, that we're just turning fascist now, well, you know, I just did a show this past week. I'm, I'm a founding member of the Freedom Party of Ontario, and we were founded on believe it or not January 1, 1984, the Orwellian yeah, year. Yeah. And we did, and and we described what Canada was like in that year and we concluded 1984, the Orwellian 1984 was already the mainstream way that Canada was being run. And I gave a whole outline of that in our last show. So people and that was that inevitably led to where we're going now. So if people think they can just step back to the way it was two or three years ago. No. They got another thing coming. You That's gotta go back like 50
0: arguing. years ago or more. Well,
1: yeah, it's like saying it's like saying you jumped off a cliff. Now you're three feet from the bottom. Uh, move me ten feet higher. i going to stop you from hitting the yeah. bottom at some yeah. point, right? Uh, really a great reset. Individual freedom which is a natural, as you say, God human right, but it is inherent in humanity. Mm-hmm. Freedom is necessary to our survival. And the idea that one individual can upon himself any authority right upon both to infringe upon their, their, their free.
0: Okay. Okay, I hear what you're saying. And I think of where Canada is today, and I think of where Canada was, as you're talking about in in 1984. And here in the United States, we're only about a decade behind, roughly, with the exception of of single payer health care, because it was more difficult to get it. We're getting closer. Not that I think it's a good idea, but you know what? I was a pastor of a church on the west coast of Florida. We had a number of people that came down from, particularly the Ontario province, to spend a good chunk of their cold winter with us. And I was amazed at the number of people that would put off getting certain surgeries done in the United States because they could not get them done in Canada because of the shortage. Now, have you ever heard that before? Is, is that am I? Oh yeah. With, with single payer health care.
1: It's funny, you know, I've seen examples go both ways. I had relatives who lived in Trinidad and Tobago, and they could come to Canada and get health care service. that Canadians couldn't because they paid cash. Mm-hmm. Canadians had to wait in line. And it, was it ever funny when some of my relatives came up and, and tried to pay the doctors money for their services? They didn't know what to do with it. Oh, they had really? never done a financial transaction.
0: What do you mean you're paying us?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> so That that was one of my early lessons. That, that was like 20, 20, 30 years ago when I started realizing, okay, something's wrong with this system. Yeah.
0: And, and of course, the other problem that I'm seeing in Canada, and I'm, I'm seeing it in some states as well, if you, as an experienced doctor, and you know what you're doing, and you have treated patients, and you see what works and what doesn't, if you go against, quote, the narrative, the narrative that says the one size vaccine fits all, you could lose your license to practice medicine um, in some states in the United States. Does that uh, sort of Damocles uh, hangover doctors in Canada?
1: All over the place. I've interviewed some of them here in Ontario. Um, it is that utterly unconscionable what they're doing. Um for me, the smoking gun was when hydroxychloroquine was banned and all the other known effective therapeutic treatments. Mm-hmm. They just took them off the market. And then and they started institu- instituting these procedures that were just known for years and years to be ineffective or harmful. Mm-hmm. So and, it makes you and wonder. Expensive.
0: And expensive.
1: Well, of course, that's what's driving it all. And and, and and just as in the state in Canada, they're paying like almost like a bounty for how many people they get hooked on to a, a ventilator or how many yeah. people are given a certain specific drug that shouldn't shouldn't be given to anyone.
0: You know, you, you, let, so, let's go back to 2020 real quick and, and think yeah. about this. I was working in emergency management. I came out of retirement because I do have a background in emergency management to help a state. I will not say which one and a particular county in their response. And, and so in March of 2020, I'm doing some deep dive research uh, so I can put together some news releases and material to get out to the public. And I'm at the CDC website. So I typed in some uh, some search terms and I came up with this document that I started to read. And I'm thinking, what is this all about? Uh, this is the treatment for covid And what I had stumbled across was a document from 2005, still on the CDC website, which talked about the original SARS-CoV outbreak of 2003 and 2004 that most people are not even aware occurred. 35,000 Americans died of it, and it was the precursor. It is the same virus that has been played with for gain of function since that time. Same virus, 87% the same. Now, in 2005, this document had, here's the treatment protocol. What did they call for? Large doses of vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, and hydroxychloroquine. That's in the CDC's own website. This is how you treat a coronavirus. And now when Donald Trump in 2020 made mere mention of that which somebody probably gave him from the CDC page that i had seen suddenly he's a pariah he must be shut up it's bad news it's killer misinformation etc 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 yet the cdc's own two year study said it worked back then
1: well of course of course there there is a beautiful piece of evidence demonstrating for you that this is about politics.
0: Absolutely. This
1: is about getting at Trump. This is not about a healthcare situation. I mean, if, if I think of what they're doing in terms of preserving anyone's health, it's worse than a cartoon. I mean... The things that they have been telling us and changing the rules and changing the regulations, and you can have five people in a room, or maybe ten. No, but you can can sit down and take your mask off, but if you stand up, put your mask on. um, Stuff that is so insane on its face that it frightens me that anyone goes along with it for a second. And that, to me, is the really frightening part of all of this are the people that are complying and going along with it. They they scared the living
0: hell out of me. Let me ask this question. And before we go to break, Mm -hmm. a lot of people wear face masks up there. How many people do you think are wearing the face mask in the belief that they're saving themselves from getting COVID from somebody else? In other words, how many people believe the mask protects them that you can discern?
1: It's hard to say. They believe every single narrative that justifies keeping the mask on, if they're wearing that mask at all. It doesn't matter whether it's to protect them or to protect the other person. They have to rationalize wearing that mask, because what they're really doing is cooperating with a a broad general public. I mean, obviously, they know nothing about wearing masks. (laughs) Otherwise, they wouldn't be wearing the mask, Mm -hmm. at least under those circumstances. So... It, 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 it all comes down to the propaganda. What we're reading in our media day in, day out, it's it's such, you know, if, if you have a fundamental understanding of even the basics of science and statistics or arithmetic even, you would know that a lot of this stuff is just pure bunk. It can't be possible. They're, they're talking in contradictions. Everything's a contradiction. And reality does not allow for contradictions. If you run into a contradiction, you know one side or the other or both are wrong. Because <laughs> that's just the way reality works.
0: My guest today is Robert Metz, who is the president of the Freedom Party of Ontario, Canada, and also one of the co-hosts of a of a radio program and podcast from Canada entitled Just Right. And, and Robert, I'm going to have you stand by uh, till after the break. I'm going to bring you back. We have a lot more yet to talk about. But I want to take a few minutes right now to discuss some very important things with you, the audience, to the program Truth to Ponder. I've been getting a lot of emails, a lot of regular letters, and I want to want you to know that it's been a very busy time these weeks. Many of you know I'm working on a on a major project that's taking just a little bit longer than I anticipated, not that there's any kind of a problem. It's it's probably because I'm a little bit older than I used to be when I did this kind of work. So it is taking a little bit longer than planned. And hopefully in the next several days, I'll have some exciting news to share. We do this program for a reason. I, I believe that we need not just one news voice out there. We need many. Not so much that we're competing with each other, each of us has a different mission, so to speak. I look at the world around me from a biblical and a Christian worldview perspective. I've been a church pastor, and I have been actively involved within my church body and organization for a number of years. But I've also been a broadcaster. I think it's something like March or April. Uh, somewhere in that, I can't remember the exact date, I think it was end of March or the first week in April, that I got my first paying job as a radio announcer. And and a lot has transpired in all those years in between. I can remember when my goal in life was to be one of those big top 40 disc jockeys. I was going to make it to the top. I was going to work my way from a small town in upstate New York, to a media market in in Ohio, and then maybe on to uh, a bigger station in Indiana than Chicago, maybe someday New York, Los Angeles, Miami, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia. But that wasn't what God had in mind. Oh, I enjoyed my years, you know, spinning the hits, playing the records. I really did. But I started to understand that that is not a great life for a family. It's it's not a great life for your Christian testimony either in some markets and some places. It's just what it is. So I made the transition to engineering, and I worked as a radio station engineer in major markets, and from there to manufacturing of broadcast equipment, and from there to a Bible college to build their radio network. Now, those years at Toccoa Falls College in Northeast Georgia. They weren't the, shall we say, highest paying of my career, but they were the most rewarding. I learned a lot during that time, a lot about radio, mission, and ministry. So when I look at this radio program I'm doing now, I'm taking the life experience I have as a broadcaster and I'm I'm putting it into this program. And when the Lord just laid on my heart last summer, actually actually the summer of 2020, to begin this program, I didn't know it would be a five-minute or 10-minute devotional, maybe a video. And then that voice said, you're a radio guy. Do a radio program. Get it on a radio station. You believe in shortwave where other other people that had been on shortwave, they don't want to do it anymore. There are a lot of you out there that listen on shortwave radio. I know it from from the correspondence that you send me each and every month. And I want to thank all of you that take the time to write and have supported us financially. You know, we've gone 18 months now. And and it dawned on me the other day, every month we have met the obligation. Every month and that we're, we're getting to a point now with the radio program that we have come to a crossroad with all of this ministry. The day of having to talk nothing about Corona and the virus and, and mandates is going to come to an end. And we, we we address other issues on this program, and we need to really be addressing a lot of those issues more often. As I've said a dozen times in the past month. This is a one-man operation. I mean, I record the program, I research the program, I edit the program, I assemble it, um, I update the website, I distribute the program, and it, it, it it makes for a lot of work. And I look at the website and I keep thinking, there's so much more that can be done with this website, but I just don't have the time inside of me to do it. People always suggest great hosts that I need to, uh, well, great guests to bring on the program. And I just don't sometimes have the time to do the research to, to get to these people. But I try. I really believe that Truth to Ponder is going to go into a, a new dimension. I have felt since the end of November of this past year, in December in particular, that the year 2022 is going to be year where the truth is going to be revealed. We'll be doing a program next week. I'm going to dig deep in the elections here in the United States. You still cannot convince me it was an honest and fair election. And there are stories beginning to leak out to prove that point that we have held from day one. Do you believe in this ministry? Maybe God's calling you to help it in some way. Maybe you can help me with research or something else. Maybe, maybe just in paying these airtime bills. Maybe it's time to grow from where we are. Pray about it. If you believe in this ministry, would you consider helping us financially to pay for the airtime, which is going to be more airtime soon. And the mailing address, by the way, make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753. Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248 in Crestview, Florida. 32536. That's 32536. By the way, you can support us from the website as well. Right now, we will take a break, and we will be back with Robert Metz. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob
2: Beerman. The sinking ship. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you to get and love in a moment. The Titanic was called the Unsinkable Ship, and it certainly looked that way. It was almost a world unto itself, a luxury ship with ornate staircases, elegant dining rooms, and majestic ballrooms. The idea of sinking was unthinkable, so unthinkable that the owners didn't even bother providing enough lifeboats for the passengers. And then the unthinkable happened. The Titanic struck an iceberg and began sinking into the icy waters of the North Atlantic. There's something about this story that fascinates us. So much so, it's produced several books and movies, blockbusters, even a Broadway musical. And one of the reasons may be this. This life is the Titanic. See, we act as if it's unsinkable. The idea of death, we try not to think about it. We, so we make no real provision for it. We're too busy captivated by its glitter, its dining rooms, its ballrooms. We don't consider the end. And then it sinks. You see, no matter who you are, this life sinks. It's a sinking ship. Everybody on it ends up dying. Everything about the flesh in the end is just a sinking ship. One big colossal sinking ship. If you have any doubt about it, just go to a funeral. That's the end. Now, if you know you're on a sinking ship, what do you do? Well, if you're smart, you get your eyes off the ship and off its details and you get into another boat. You get into the lifeboat. Otherwise, you'll regret it. So the Bible says the way of the flesh is death, but the way of the spirit is life. There it is. There's your lifeboat. You don't have to be super spiritual, just practical. The flesh is sinking. Abandon it. Stop living in the flesh and the way of the flesh. Leave the sinking ship and get aboard the spirit. Abandon ship. Live by the spirit. And when the ship goes down, you'll still be sailing. Want more? Ask for the importance of being dead. Now the free gift for you. What if you discovered the place where the lost Ark of the Covenant was? Well, a newly revealed ancient discovery just as awesome. The mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. It's our free gift for you. And Sapphire's daily spiritual vitamins guaranteed to bring life to your walk. Or a free New Testament. How do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. 1-800-YESHUA-1. It's all you do, but call now. You'll be blessed. Call 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, the Jewish people brought you the blessings of salvation. I invite you to join with me to bring it back to them. Bless those who blessed you and reach the unreached peoples from every nation. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. It's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or well, write me direct, The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a Nice Jewish Boy, 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Tikvatenu, our hope.
0: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman, And welcome back to part two of our Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. we we'll back to our interview with Robert Metz, or Bob Metz, who is the president of the Freedom Party of Ontario. Today, I wanted to talk to our neighbor to the north in Canada, because a lot of things that happen there ultimately happen eventually in the United States. Same with things that happen in Western Europe when it comes to the decline of a society, it seems to start in Europe, work its way through the United Kingdom, into Canada, Australia, then the United States. So to get a handle on what is going on is actually important. It's also important to recognize that we can no longer trust the media in most countries, even the Western supposedly free nations. Too much of our news media is now propaganda, it is bought and paid for by large corporations and and big pharma. And they, they promote this ideology, a single-minded ideology that you must adopt. As Jim Calhoun said yesterday in the program, it is time to seek out trustworthy media. And I believe that this program, Truth to Ponder, has some great potential. I'm praying that God will raise up people that can help, In doing the research, production, even upgrading the website where it becomes a news magazine unto itself. Now, getting back to our guest Robert Metz, just like the United States has 50 states, Canada has 10 very different provinces. Kind of outline what is going on in terms of restrictions and mandates as you look at the various provinces across the nation of Canada.
1: It's actually a tough question because it changes depending on which week of the month or year you're talking about. I would say the worst provinces, generally speaking, are Quebec and Ontario. Mm -hmm. But then when I'm listening to the folks out in B.C., I hear the shutdowns that are going on out there with their medical tyranny. And Mm -hmm. then I know that in the province where my co-host lives, Robert Vaughn, which is New Brunswick, I mean, they even had, uh, they were even talking about getting, um, you had to have a Vax Pass to get into a grocery store, for heaven's sakes, which which fortunately didn't go anywhere. But it's anywhere and everywhere in between. And then occasionally we have issues with even being allowed to cross between provinces, which is a guaranteed right under the Constitution of Canada. And so you get one province, you know, putting up a a barrier against people coming in and out of another Mm -hmm. or putting them through all these fake checks. And and the whole thing is is just theater, and that people don't see it for what it is, <laughs> and you know the real problem is until a new political quote unquote variant <laughs> shows up on on the horizon, yeah. there is no place for people to turn for a real change because this, this is all political, and the parties that are in power now will never change. They are. Hardcore, socialist, communist, like to the core. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I knew nothing about this. When I got into politics, I didn't know up from down, left from right. And, and, And to be honest with you, when I got into politics, I didn't get into it because I was protesting against some major crisis that was going on at the time. I, I saw the slow creep of where we were heading went because I was in the financial industry. I was working in banking and in real estate. Oh yeah, and I was in an in an administrative position. You'd and I see saw it in the '70s. You'd see it. Yeah, you could see it. And when the first Trudeau took over in Canada, we experienced something that no one had ever experienced before. And get this: this was twenty-two to twenty-four percent interest rate on a first mortgage on a home.
0: I remember those good old days. Not quite that bad here, but I mean, I thought it was bad when I got to 11.5% on on a mortgage.
1: I mean, that's... that's the kind of outrageous rate you get on the worst credit cards, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that was a first mortgage, never mind a second mortgage or credit card rates. And, and that was the first Trudeau that, that, that gave us that kind of, uh, of uh, an economy. So you can imagine how he must have mentored his son and uh, and what kind of issues they come up with. I mean, I, I never believed the first Trudeau was really ever a Canadian in his heart either. He always did a lot of things that seemed to damage the country. And I can understand that coming from a French background and the French-English historical conflicts that went, you can go back hundreds of years in history, right? There must be some of that left there, but still, this country is going through the same mess as as Britain is, you know, Mm -hmm. between England and Scotland and Ireland, and we have Quebec, and we have the West, Alberta. You know, there's always talk about one or the other Province wanting to succeed every now and then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the nature of, of the being. And I think Canada, we're a confederation. Our provinces, we have ten provinces and two territories, or is it three now? But they're considered independent um almost like the state.
0: Yeah. You know? They have their own governments, the they have their own leaders. Yeah.
1: Totally, everything. And most of the spending is done at the provincial level. The government, the federal government, is supposed to be there for the common good. You know, and, and that we mean, you know, your courts, your military, and, and protection from Gee, invasion see, from that's the what's supposed to. That. That's
0: what's supposed to have happened in the United States. But I think that they've right. they've they've both grown way beyond their constitutional uh, limitations, in my opinion.
1: And, and and consider, you know, I've always considered. The, the, the Anglosphere, the British um, sphere of influence, and that includes mm-hmm. the, the States in Australia. I've always considered them coming from a common culture and from a common background, and and that despite the various differences, and they can be seemingly extreme, even within each nation, like between one state and another, or one territory and another, or mm-hmm. one province and another, you have very differing ways of, of the government being conducted, but the same Overall, culture and principle were in place. You always hear this thing: politics is downstream from downstream from culture, and there is a great truth to that. But politics must reflect the culture as well, and I don't think our politics
0: no, and that's is that is culture. If anything changed in the last fifty years, in my opinion, and it was fifty years ago in nineteen seventy-two that I cast my first ballot um, in an election. And what did I know 50 years ago? Not much, but I've learned over the years from life experience. And and I think what has changed today is that too much of what we do in our lives flow from our politics, not the other way around. Politics should be controlled by your common sense. Politics should be controlled, if you are a person of faith, by that faith. Politics should be controlled by a a good moral outlook, for lack of a better term. But nowadays, we put politics first. We wait for a leader to say, this is what you think, this is what you do, this is what you believe, and you have this great mass of non-thinkers out there going, yes, we'll make it so. And I think that's what's happened. We don't have people that can even think for themselves anymore. You have that problem like we do? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, they can think but they that they're confused because they're getting false information they they don't even know what left and right is. They've been taught that fascism is on the right and, and socialism and communism are on the left. It was never so
3: no it you never start was. on
1: that foot and, you, and and you and you don't know where to go, but there is no escaping politics and government is all about politics. You know, one of the first things I realized when I got into politics that, that I woke up to was, holy cow, politics affects each of us more than our health and our income, our, and, and in terms of expense, even mm-hmm. our all our cost of living, housing, food, and everything together. You're paying more for government than you're paying for everything else put together. That's right. So, you, so, so the idea that people won't vote or won't get involved in politics is a little bit a result of having lived in freedom and taken it for granted for so long because our parents and grandparents and ancestors did the hard work uh, and I, then left us to to enjoy the benefits. And what are we doing? We're just screwing with it. Well, and now we yeah. got to do the hard work again. Oh,
0: I know. Listen, I, I think I think back, you know, to something you see, a lot of people will protest in the United States and in other parts of the world, too. They want to tax those wealthy people and those evil corporations. We got to raise the taxes on the corporations. How many times have you heard somebody, you know, blindly with their eyes, you know, almost glassy, yes, we must tax the big corporations? And they haven't figured out yet that corporations really don't pay taxes. They're merely tax collectors, and it's the end user of their product, which is. The citizen begging for more uh, taxing of corporations that ultimately pay it. They don't get it.
1: Of course. Uh, and that's just a simple economic equation. You can you can you can demonstrate it to people.
0: I mean, if you're if but I'm they don't believe it, the but they but they don't believe it when but, you tell them that. Well, no, they got other well, money. What were you where are you get? They're getting their money from you. They, don't, they think that there's someone's got a wheelbarrow full of money and a tree that grows it, and there's only so much money in the world and they're hoarding it, and we just need to get it out of their fingers. Uh, well,
1: the, they also believe that profit is is some kind of excess wealth that society can claim from a person who makes a profit. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that profit is what keeps prices down, because that's just counterintuitive to them. And the idea of making the corporations pay and, and making, you know, wealthy people pay. That's pure Marxism. You know, make the rich pay. I remember running into Soaked a Marxist-Leninist Yeah, at one of my first all-candidates debate, and she was literally a Marxist-Leninist. She was running for that party, and she was hollering, make the rich pay. And then I'm looking at all the other parties, the Liberal, Conservative, the New Democrat, they're saying the same thing. I know.
0: And and only, then I, I ask the question... It,
1: only saying it a little differently.
0: Name me name <laughs> a poor person that gave you a job. I mean, you know, where do you get your job? From a wealthy person or a poor person? I mean...
1: Yeah, and it's not even, you know, it's not even about that. I'll tell you, poor people can give poor people jobs if they're in a free economy. And one of the things that kills jobs right off the bat is all these regulations we've got from minimum wages on down. Minimum wage laws protect no one.
0: Well, let's stop and think. Stop and think. I was doing a little bit of math the other day. You know, we know that here in the United States, and I'm not sure about Canada, but 80% of all the money in circulation in the United States today was printed in the last two years. 80%, which means the value of the United States dollar is tanking. It means that we have inflation that's going to keep growing and speeding up dangerously. We're going to have shortages. We're going to have a bad economy there's, there's no way to get around it. Is the same Absolutely. thing happening there?
1: It is. I can't, I can't speak to how large the money supply has gotten up, but, you know, it speaks to a funny argument. I keep hearing the pro-vaxxers argue about the, 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 the people who aren't vaxxed. They shouldn't be allowed in the hospital because if they get sick, um, they'll cost more to the system. And I'm thinking, why do they care about the money? Look at the money they're peeing away on everything else. Yeah, I agree. Why is money even Why is money even a concern when they're spending more on a day's newspaper advertising than they are on all the patients in the country? It, it's an astounding disconnect.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Because what people want, what, what what you know, and I typify them as people on the left, not because they, they join some kind of Marxist Leninist group. They don't even know they're on the left. Their whole mindset is that. But it's it's driven by a desire of something for nothing. People say that money is the root of all evil. That's not true. Mm-hmm. It's wanting money without effort and not earning it and taking it from others that is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. And it's not just money that people lust after. They lust right. after people's property, after their relationships, after mm-hmm. their after their reputations, all sorts of things. And this comes that's why it always comes down to being a moral issue. And that the government that you have is reflective of the morality of the general population. And right now, it's not looking too good.
0: You know, a lot of people have a hard time reckoning a few figures. And I, I I was just thinking in my mind real quick. 1975, I got married, I bought a home, and I know how much money I was making. It wasn't much by today's standards. But in order to equal the income that I made, I was making about eh, $5,500, $6,000 American a year, maybe a little more than that. Today it would take about $70,000 to equal the buying power that I had with about 6500 know, back then. Yep. And people don't see it. We have devalued our money by debt. We have devalued our our money by getting off a gold standard I can remember 1971 in particular. I was getting ready to travel. I, I was going to be involved with a a church school over the summer, uh, up in, um, in in Brampton near on, you know near Toronto, and I was going to fly up there. And all all of a sudden, you know, we had a price freeze in the United States, and, and everything was just going wrong in the economy. And the U.S. dollar was in bad shape. And, and I can remember the the smartest thing I did was to get Canadian currency before I left the United States. So I'd be I'd be all right. But I I just I didn't understand it back then. I do now that, you know, the United States dollar was falling against the U.S. currency. And I'm trying to remember the newscaster that that put together uh, this kind of I, I don't want to call it a song. He was speaking and I'll have to think of it but you know standing up for our our brothers across the border in America and, and I'll never forget that as long as I live I just I do now because I'm older and I can't remember the name but I can hear that you know uh that the US dollar is being pounded and you know it's maybe it's time for Canadians to stand up for our friends in America who've always been there for us and you know so we've seen a lot over the years and but we we both of our nations, have seen inflation both of our nations have seen so much of the same thing but it seems that we're a little slower with 50 states in the United States it's hard to 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 change a whole country's narrative we stay about 10 years behind on most things that are coming down the pike do you think yeah. do you think that these protests that occurred this past weekend do you think they're going to have any significance Um, in the way people think in Canada? Or is everybody's mind already made up?
1: Um, Maybe over the COVID and that, but I think politically it's not going to cause too great a change because most people are perceiving that the protests are strictly about the masks and the mandates when Mm -hmm. a lot of the folks in the protest are now saying it's a broader issue and that is scaring a lot of the the mainstream folks, because mm-hmm. they like their something for nothing. Can- Canadians live by their healthcare system, even though it's killing them. And they just don't want to acknowledge it. It's, just, it's the same blindness that we see to the bigger issue. And it's something that has happened in societies throughout history. In the 1930s in Germany, um, Willem Reich wrote a book called The Mass Psychology of Fascism, where he observed every single um Symptom that we're witnessing today, and he called it the emotional plague. Mm-hmm. And even even then, people were germophobic. Um, uh, they were they were out to get their neighbor, and that's why the Jews were the ones that were spreading the, all the, the filth and the germs. Right? Yep. It's the same with the unvax today. And 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 this is the incredible thing about how history repeats itself. Um, it's not a literal repetition, as some people say it's more like history rhymes. <laughs> you yep. know what I mean? Cause the same principles are in play. It's just different players are acting out the natural course of events.
0: Absolutely. Before we run out of time on the program, I want to give you a, an opportunity to let my audience, both here in the United States and in Canada, especially in Canada about the program you do and how they can find it. And, you know, about your co-host and what your topics are. So it, the floor is yours.
1: Well, we do a show called Just Right, which can be found online at justrightmedia.org. We also broadcast on shortwave through WBC Cube out of Monticello, mm-hmm. Maine at 7490 kilohertz and, and out of channel 292 in Ingolstadt, Germany, which is 6070 kilohertz on Thursdays out of Germany mm-hmm. and um, we do the show weekly. It is a very different kind of show um, Our uh, It's the anchor show which I co-host with Robert Vaughn and we've sort of done a, a division of labor over the years too because he does a lot of the video stuff We right. do YouTube and and video presentations As long as YouTube lets you there
0: <laughs> As long as YouTube well, yeah, allows well, we've,
1: we've, we've been booted off several times Oh yeah. And uh, cuz we've we've had some very controversial people on and of course we were um one of the networks that was following the federal elections uh Maxime Bernier and the PPC. We we were the ones pretty well documenting a lot of their stuff mm-hmm. and offering a totally opposite viewpoint <laughs> of what the what the mainstream media was was doing. Mm-hmm. And that's really, you know, we're driven by we're not in this for the money or for a career. I'm essentially retired for all. Yeah, like I
0: am. Like I'm supposed to yeah. be. It's yeah. not working out, <laughs> not not working out that way.
1: No, no. You don't want to retire in that sense. You want to keep going until you drop. That's that's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. But um, I've always been about freedom. Freedom is, a, you know, I'm, I'm involved with the Freedom Party of Ontario in Canada, which can be found at www FreedomParty.on.ca. You'll see a lot of our political ideas expressed mm-hmm. there. Please steal them, use them wherever you want. <laughs> right, and um, because that's, I spent my life sort of trying to study from an objective point of view how a free society worked, and I realized no one else was doing that. That's so, right. And I was able to do it from a from a vantage point that didn't require too much sacrifice of me. Like I had a job I could keep my family going that kind of stuff without having to jump right into the fire but now i'm kind of into the fire (laughs) so and that's where i'll be until it burns out i guess
0: my guest today robert metz president of the freedom party of ontario canada and and robert we're gonna have to have you back on again soon the the time just gets away from the two of us when we do this program there's so many things that are in common in both canada and the united states There is this push to push our governments farther and farther to the left. And I really believe this pandemic has been used as a tool and a wedge issue against people. Look how divided we are. Those that wear a mask, those that don't. Those that get the vaccine, those that don't. And it's gone to an anger and dangerous pitch worldwide. And I think it's by design. Once again, I want to thank all of you that support this program with your financial gifts to pay for the airtime. I don't get paid, but the radio stations do. And if you can help, make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address, Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753. Highway 85 North, our secure box is number 3248, number 3248. And the city is Crestview, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth,
2: the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder. Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.
3: This ad is almost 3 million gallons long because it's exactly the same amount of time it takes for that much water to flow over the deck at Niagara Falls. So how does the deck stand up to all that water? Thompson's Water Seal. Just another reason they call us America's recognized brand in water protection. Weather protected, water sealed. Thompson's Water Seal. Trust the Seal. Available at a retailer near you.